This is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. Here's the weekly roundup. We had been talking about the complexities of social media, and there's so many things to talk about, but specifically the differences of being in your industry compared to mine, my city compared to yours. Yes. Uh, what it's like for our friends and family and how they view us and how they perceive everything. I feel like it's relevant because other people might be going through the same emotions. My emotion 99% of the time is, oh crap, I haven't posted today yet. Stress. <laughs> yeah. For my job. Right. It is such a big part of your job, your world. And being in California and that industry, it's just standard that that's what you need to do and what you should be doing every day. Like one of my students said to me, I haven't seen you post for a couple of weeks. You know, you're going to, the algorithm's not going to work for you the way it did. You're going to have to build it back up. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) My current job is a big portion is social media because I'm, in a relationship business. And so I'm trying to build a relationship from a distance with people all across the country. I want to get to know them. I want them to get to know me. And then when I do get to meet them in person or I have a coaching call, we have kind of like some ground. Some some common ground. Yeah, we have some common ground. We have some concepts about each other. It's getting to know each other. So I do think... It is a part of my job. And there were times, not lately, knock on wood, where I would disappear for a while because it was my job and I needed like a breather, like I needed a break. I think now I have found more of a consistency and I it's currently fun for me. And I feel like it this might sound weird, but it pushes me a little bit. What am I going to do? When am I going to do it? What am I going to post? Like throughout the day, I'm kind of thinking about my Insta story and like what it will shape out to be. And so I think it motivates me to do things or when I'm on a call to celebrate someone or all the things. So I do think it is a part of my world, but for you, it's make or break it, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a motivator because I would definitely not train as hard if I didn't have to create like content all the time. And I'm talking about aerial content because my main business is as an aerialist. Shout on uh, on your video today. I freaking loved it. Like a tiny masterclass, like a 40 second masterclass. Do we like that? I'm testing it out. First of all, A, I want to tell you, you look so freaking hot. Oh, thank you. Your hair looks so silky beautiful. And um, two, yeah, I sat there and I watched it and I'm a very visual person. So seeing you with the block, yeah, I'm all into that little, you should do more of those. Just so you know, I freaking loved it. No, I am basically testing things because I'm like, okay, one of my students said, I would love to see more on these videos where you actually see your face versus just the aerial. Yeah. Because they're like, we just want to see you teach more. And I'm like, okay, so mini masterclass, 45 seconds. And listen, this circles back around to if someone doesn't do social media and they don't understand how it's a part of work, 
like it matters if that video and that content, if people experience it the right way and that draws them to wanting to learn more about Ariel from you. So I think people sometimes think that people are just posting a picture and posting this and posting. I'm not saying that doesn't ever happen too. And I like a healthy mix because I want people to get to know my kids and that I like to run and that I love quotes and that I work on Zoom all day. Like I like a picture of who I am, but there is something behind it generally. And I don't know that people always understand that. So I think the part that gets a little sticky is that, for example, you're trying to get to know tens of thousands of people, right? Right. You want them to know you intimately to a certain degree. Right. And you want them to authentically know you to a certain degree. You're not, you're, you're going to try to, to show some really real stuff about yourself. Right. And me too, because the thing is, is that if you have an account on Instagram where it's so sterile, right. you know, that it, it just feels like a big marketing ploy, you're not going to, get to the goal, which is to find people who are interested in what you do. Right. Like that's the bottom line. It's not like I'm just trying to get a bunch of followers. Like I want to know the people that want to connect, like the people who might potentially want to be on one of the podcasts to sell, to share their story. Somebody who's really interested in coming to the studio to take classes. Somebody who's really interested in taking my online class who lives in New Zealand, whatever. We don't want um, just a f- bunch of fake bot likes. Yeah. We want real people that are real people interested in the things that are important to us. And listen, so, so how this got started, um, was I mentioned to you, Carrie, that there have been a couple times in my life, two specific examples when I was, you know, getting divorced and my life was shifting a lot. Um, I had a family member who's older, not that it matters, but I do think, you know, that pertains because they don't totally understand social media that it's not their world. They're not on social media. And they mentioned to me that I post a lot when I'm traveling and I post when I'm here and there and that they had to explain to some of their friends that I'm a really good mom. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I'm sorry that you feel like you need to do that. You had told me months and months, maybe years ago that some some colleagues at work were even pushing back on you about not really wanting the social media to be such a part of their work. And you're doing sales training. The world has changed. So I'm not saying anything bad, I don't think. But even the dance studio, I feel like went through this moment where they were unsure that we should be posting as teachers and what we were posting and what we weren't posting. And listen, in the whole scheme of things, there is nothing. I can't think of anything I've ever posted that I didn't feel was very positive, happy, motivational in a lot of ways. So recently, someone in my circle, my family, mentioned that I constantly feel like I have to post stuff of myself. And I said, listen, everything is perspective. So if I post um, the Pelotonia ride and that it was a hundred miles, that it's to end cancer, it's not, oh, look at me. I rode my bike a hundred miles. It is 
I wrote a hundred miles and you can too. Anyone can do anything that they set their mind to. We're all going to end cancer together. That's my, my concept of why I'm doing it. It's not, look at how fabulous I am. I wrote a hundred miles. Now, listen, you and I had had this conversation. Oh yeah. And you know what? If I would ever get on the bike to ride a hundred miles, you better bet I would post all over it and be like, you guys, I rode a hundred miles because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. Like I'm not going to do a bike ride for a hundred miles and I would for sure show off. You know, I live in a completely different world. LA is, that's what it is. Like we are literally living in the Mecca of this is life for, I don't know, 75% of the people that I ever talk to. Right. You know, Instagram is how they get jobs. You know, even today I had a director friend DM me on Instagram and said, Hey, I need a couple different models slash dancers for a shoot. Can you send me some people? And instead of her looking all over the place or paying for a casting, I put a note up on my private Facebook group for my students. And she probably just hired five of them just now. Wow do this thing. They're happy. They got a little job out of it. The great thing about this director is she doesn't have a lot of money to pay people, but her work is great. And she, you basically get content out of it and you get your hair done, you know, like in costume, in a cute outfit with your makeup done, your hair done. And my girls who are at the beginning of their, you know, dance career, they're excited to do it. And so that networking is easily happening over social media. I don't ask them for their bio. I, I literally send them their IG handle. I don't have to send a resume over, nothing. It is It represents you as an artist. My work of creating content, curating it, so I, it's what I want it to look like, what I want it to be, what is the point of it? What are people getting if they follow me? Are they getting lots of choreography? Are they getting cute videos of me and the bean? And what's the mix? What's the percentage? Like is a lot of baby stuff or is it more artistic stuff and then the baby stuff a little bit, you know? And if I don't do the cutesy stuff and the stuff that's more about me and Asa and about the bean, it kind of feels a little sterile. Right. You know, it's like, somebody's fan page. Like who cares about that? You want to actually follow the person. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the way the world is now, you know, even with Facebook, I, I watched the documentary. I can't even remember remember what it was called. I do understand that with ads and algorithms and people following what we like and what we don't like. And even with politics, I understand the negatives. And I understand how it could go south. I understand bullying on social media. But, and I, so I think that all of those things that happened in life in general are just taken up a notch. But I also think that I see the positives in it and I feel like I'm aware of those things. And as long as you're aware, it helps you mind through the good and the bad of it. In the plus of it, I always think, but I wouldn't know that Rakia Franklin that we both danced with, I wouldn't know about where she's living and what she's doing now if it wasn't for social media. Yeah. 
it connects all of us. I mean, even for you and I, sure, we crazily saw each other in a backyard over a fence. But from that point on, we would not have connected the way we did and ended up continuing a friendship and then building this relationship and business partner you know, ship that we have going on if it wasn't for social media. I kind of get irritated with friends who don't want to be on social media because I feel like I'm going to lose touch with them because I don't have time to put them on a separate list and of people that I need to reach out, like take time out, carve out time. I'm sorry, that sounds terrible, but it's true. No, listen, I have a couple of people that kind of fall into what I'm saying. And I almost feel like they want, they feel like, well, if you post a picture of the kids on the beach, why can't you send me that picture? And I'm not saying... I can't, and I'm not saying I shouldn't, but the fact that I can post a picture of the kids on the beach and every single person in my family, everyone that I work with, and even out in my cold network a little bit, see a picture of the kids on the beach, like is way easier than me sending it to 10 family members in separate texts. Yeah. And honestly, you're not going to do it on a regular basis. Not. You know, I'll do that with the bean. Like she has a really funny video. I'll send it just to my mom. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to it's just, it's not realistic in today's, in today's world and what we have to do during the day. Let me ask you, Kelly. So that family member, or just the idea of a family member saying, uh, I have to explain that you're a good mom because the perception from what people are seeing on your social media. So how do you suss that out? How do you, how does it make you feel? What do you do? Because everybody basically that I'm around, that conversation is never happening over here. You know what I'm saying? That I'm in a totally different place. So I think that when my relationship was not in a great place and I was trying to figure out what I was doing in life and I was going to counseling and I was questioning myself, I think when a relationship breaks up, even if you know where the problems were, you question yourself. Did I make the right choices? Am I doing the right things? Should I be doing this more? Should I not be doing this more? So you're like already questioning every single thought and every single thing you're doing because you're in a place where your relationship's breaking up and you're trying to decide what you're going to do and how things are going. So I was already in a fragile space, but I was going to counseling at the time. And I feel like But when we actually had the conversation, I was in a stronger place and a little bit more centered myself where I could say, yeah, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to do that. And the people that I know and care about me and love me and the people that I have a two-way relationship with and I respect know that I'm a really good mom. They're not questioning whether I'm a good mom because I posted that I was in Chicago for the evening. Is at the time, I felt like I was for sure the breadwinner. I was working a lot. I was traveling a lot. I had four kids. But I feel like if a guy posted- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And was on stage speaking in front of 300 people and then had to fly to Boston and do the same thing, not one freaking person- I could be wrong. No, you're not wrong. For the most part, that that would be celebrated. Yeah. The perception is automatically that I was not a good mom and that I was not there for my kids. But if it had been the reverse in my relationship and he had been the one that was in Chicago and then Boston, 
it wouldn't have been questioned whether he was a good dad or not. Meanwhile, I was the one paying all the bills. I was the one actually taking care of the four kids. And when I traveled, which I feel like a lot of moms probably understand this concept, even for like going anywhere for the day, like I had clothes laid out per day for each child. Like this is their Monday outfit with underwear, socks, shoes. This is their Tuesday outfit. This is their Wednesday outfit. This is their Thursday. Like all their outfits were locked down. I had rides here and there for every person everywhere. And then I had a long list of Monday, this, 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 Tuesday, this, this, this. And I was never really gone for more than, you know, three or four days at, at the most. So we're talking like three or four days in the month, the whole entire month. I think it's important that my kids see that I work really, really hard and I care about them and I am a provider. And I know that they know how much I love them and I would do anything for them all the time, always. And they are the number one reason that I do all the things that I do. But it does have this little... Oh yeah, total double standard. Complete double standard. Oh, so I'm a bad mom because I freaking work? Yeah. Well, can I tell you though that uh, a dad goes out of town for a business trip. For the most part, they're making sure that they packed the clothes that they need right, and what they need. And then they go to the airport. Yeah. They're not worried about anything. No. And of, of course, of course, there's always the exception. Yes. But the traditional gender roles in the household are, you know, shuffled up a different way. But yeah, I mean, my dad, I remember, you know, that's just how it was. Like the gender roles are very cut and dry. And women are always in this position where if we're doing, if we're the breadwinner or a 50-50 household, no matter what, we're still still doing most of the mom stuff, if not all of it. Right. And that's not a dig on any dude. This just the fact. You know, I have a good friend that has a major job and she left and would go to the office every single day. Her office is closed because they figured out that working from home works. And she was like, listen, I have to say that it's been kind of making me grumpy because it's automatically assumed because I work from home that I'm going to do the laundry, that I'm going to figure out, pick up, that I'm going to, you know, have dinner ready. And she was like, before I had to be at the corporate office at such and such time. And we both got home kind of late. And then we kind of figured out dinner together. And we both kind of were doing the house and the laundry because we both had major jobs. But now because I am working from home, it has more shifted to me. And I think that that happened with remote learning too. I think the pandemic happened. I'm not saying there aren't patient nurturing men out there, but I think we automatically have that nurturing um, patience that sometimes drives down. I think it's safe generalization to make. I feel like those gender roles end up falling the way they've always fallen, and which is the point. All of a sudden, their husband's at home, they're at home, they're both trying to work remotely, their kids are doing schooling remotely, and the women, I think, stepped up as teaching and trying to figure all of that out. I'm not saying that there weren't... I think the guys did that in some ways too, because I've I've listened to enough podcasts where guys are like, I'm happy that I'm home, but I'm doing 10 million things. I think that women took a, a lot of that, and I think it was a hard year for women in general. Going back to gender roles, one of the things that I have found 
that I like and have noticed, but also I think I'm a little bit older and I have more of a gist of it. He respects that I work really, really hard and I do a lot of things and he doesn't care that I travel, knows I'm a good mom. He sees that I work really hard to balance it all. So there isn't this like, well, you're not doing this or you're not doing that. But because he respects what I bring to the table naturally from a corporate perspective or that I have this podcast and I teach dance and I do 10 million things, he respects all that about me. I always was someone that cleaned the house and whatever, but it makes me want to make dinner and it makes me want to have things a certain way when he comes home. There's this weird thing that it makes me want to do those roles that women are kind of like thought of, not because he asks me to, but he appreciates what I bring to the table. He doesn't care what my food tastes like. He's just excited there's something there when he comes in. And I feel like he works really, really hard too, a million hours a day. And he is the person that like does the yard and shovels the driveway when he's in town. Like we do kind of naturally do those roles, those roles as women and men, but not because he expects it or he's asking me to. There's something about that he appreciates the whole piece of who I am. And it makes me want to take care of him in that way. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does make sense. Um, you know, I wanted to bring it back to the social media yeah. aspect of things because what you're talking about is in your in your bubble, yeah, which is not really social media. Social media is a curated, at least for me, a curated presentation of what I want the perceptions of other people to be. Yes. Right. It's interesting because your family member or your friends that kind of have this idea and they say to you, you know, I had to explain to other people that you're actually a really good mom and that you're really dedicated because their perception of you on social media is possibly she's always out of town or she looks like she's having a lot of fun. Right. Does that make you want to curate yours differently? Like what, what are the thoughts that go through your mind with that? So I think that I went through a phase where I thought about it a lot. This was back in the day. And I thought like, have I posted my kids enough? Like, have I not posted my kids enough? Like, have I, I was thinking about the statement and thinking about, okay, she mentioned this. So am I giving the perception that I'm a good mom? Like I went through a phase like that. And then I feel like I became a little bit more confident in who I am And I just started being me. And we talked about this at the beginning, and I don't know if it was when we were recording or not, but that as you get older, you find this space of being genuine and authentic and that that's really what will get you further in life. One, you're happier. Two, you just feel so more centered and whole and at peace. And from a work perspective and all the things, if you just are real, people know when you're being real. And I feel like it, translates to getting a job for you or to building a relationship or building a network for me. And so when I just came to be an, okay, I'm going to be genuine and authentic and who I am, it really is a, a, like a real representation of me as a mom and a person and a dancer and a worker bee and the quotes I put up, like all of those things, you know, every once in a while, sometimes someone will give me a hard time about my quotes or whatever. 
for them, it's, it doesn't matter. They don't like my quotes. They think it's silly, whatever. But I have people all the time that like message me and say, that's just what I needed to hear today. Or can I steal this or love this one? It's so it does matter to some people and it makes me happy. So in the whole scheme of things, like I think I just figured out what I wanted it to be. And I let go of the rest, which is super hard to get to it. I am joking when I say this, but Kelly, I totally disagree. I think you should go get an apron and then set up your camera and then do some like cooking, cooking videos. (laughs) And then you should do some tutorials on like cleaning the toilet. Yeah. And then space them out. Yeah. And then we shut up all the haters. Yeah. I need to. (laughs) I don't like to cook. This is not um, new news to anyone that knows me. But I have, I just said, I've been making effort. Like he'll eat whatever I make. So like we had spaghetti tonight and like I do try. My mom said today that she had this biscuit recipe that used Sprite and she wanted me to make these biscuits where you use Sprite. And I'm like, mom, I'm never making biscuits. And (laughs) she's like, Kelly, you said you were making dinner tonight and you're making spaghetti. You should make these Sprite biscuits. Anyway, she sent me the link from Pinterest and I... She texted it to me. She had my dad text it to me, actually. And then I stopped over there later and she's like, are you going to make the Sprite biscuits tonight? And I'm like, no, I have Texas toast in the freezer. I was like, mom, I'm never making Sprite biscuits ever. I have no desire to make Sprite biscuits. Just like some people have no desire to go run six miles. I'm never making them. I don't want to. I don't care. Listen, I don't know that you'll ever really find me doing any cooking demos in my Instagram because (laughs) it wouldn't be who I am. Um, But if I do, Carrie, you heard it right here on Greener Grass, whichever episode this is, that I will, the first one I'm doing will be Sprite Biscuits for my mom. Well, I am making lasagna tonight. Okay. Because Asa is pickier than the bean food. Okay. And he actually likes my lasagna. Okay. I love this. He actually asked for it. And I was like, what? So when I come to LA next and I come to see the house and I see Bean, because this time will come, I want you to make me lasagna. I can do it and we'll pair it with a beautiful red blend and a nice green salad, a charcuterie plate before. We're going to do all of it when when you come visit, whenever that is. A bunch of pictures so we can post them on our Insta story because we're full circle taking this back to social media. Whenever we end up talking and I'm like, hey, Kelly, how was your day? And you say something like, oh, somebody said something about my Instagram or Facebook and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm like, man, you literally live in a different world. Yeah. Because... The only thought that goes through my mind is I'm not posting enough literally every day because if I was doing what I do on a good posting day, I put up one piece of content on my regular and then I do story for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And let me tell you, that's obnoxiously a lot. I'm not a good judge of your content because I live in a place where people are questioning what I post. So, I mean, full circle again, we're in two different places, but I always love your Insta story, Instagram, your, I love everything you do. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks to Asa Watkins for post-production. 
And if you would honor us with a five-star rating and review anywhere you get your podcasts, it really helps others find us. And thanks for listening. This is Greener Grass.